Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you're this. This is Matt Bailey alongside Makatika Biden Crime, Ricardo Medina. Hello, hello, hello. And this is another episode of Bears, Beats, and Bailey. And at the time of this recording here, um, we, 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 we kind of at the end of the first week of our, um, you know, our, our annual lockdown, basically. Yeah. Um, you know, that, you know, the our, our, our country is experiencing right now. So... You know, as, as we talked about um, before we met up online, you know, it's just a matter of just keeping busy, you know what I mean, just doing things, you know what I mean, just trying to be optimistic while this thing kind of blows over, right? But uh, in between time, I should say, well, last week time is recording here, um, some some interesting things took place, man. Uh, so we will kick things off with uh, some announcements uh, with Mar- from, from courtesy of Marvel Studios. Because uh, Monday, they dropped a particular um, trailer um which by the way i mean it's it's nice it's nothing that i went crazy over i know a lot of um mcu fans lost yeah. it and were crying and thing i was like well you know it's, it's nice um i wouldn't even bother to 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 talk about or query you know the decision about using um uh a clip that's like, like a audio clip basically of um of, of stalina just mainly talking about you know just the idea of the you know just the power of connection and you know right. how we each we how we each other's brothers and sisters and you know that kind of stuff now. so you know when you're hearing the marvel team which by the way i love how they expanded on it you know what i mean so, yeah. so it was nice you know what I mean? it was a nice moment but nothing that mean me, you know people internet that right but really, yeah. what I wanted to see was just the 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 announcements that they were dropping, right? So, right. basically, they were just dropping, um, you know, release dates. So, you know, of course, they mentioned Black Widow, uh, July the ninth of this year, um, Shang Chi, September the third. Right. Um, but the one that well, people kind of went nuts for. And funny thing is, like, I that that was the thing that kind of led me to watch the trailer. I just saw people like dropping this thing on on Facebook like crazy. Uh, we got to see a few shots of Eternals. Right, right. And I right. like, yeah. Okay, but, uh, um, Angelina Jolie rocking a sword. Okay, cool. Yeah, they don't have a, they don't have a full trailer yeah. already. They would have probably have one right now if if they could have. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah, like I saw it. Uh, but but the way how people were hyping this thing up, I thought it was like some big teasers. Like right, you know, just well, like, yeah. seconds, really, just you know, right. shots. You know? Well, the big the big thing is because of the because of Chloe Zhao and her success, so it's like mm-hmm. it linked to that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I believe they, they mentioned Miss Marvel, but I didn't watch any like trailer fit or such, right? Well, right. Um, I don't think yeah, what basically what they said, well I don't know what's going on if the if the Miss Marvel show's still coming up before I don't know what's going on with that. But they announced they really it have no it, it's not Captain Marvel too. It's the Marvels. Yes, uh, yes. Which I, is cool. Which I like he began an interesting dynamic the dynamic with all three of them because we saw uh Monica in WandaVision, so she's established and so on and so forth, right? So yeah. So is the three of them going to be the big thing? And I, I, I have a pet theory of what I think the show going to be about at least thematically. Okay. Uh, okay. But whatever. We'll see. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. Right. Uh. Spider Man No Way Home is supposed to get yeah. at December the seventeenth. Right. Keeping fingers crossed. Um. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, March twenty fifth of next year. Um. Thor: Love and Thunder, right. uh, May the sixth of twenty twenty two. But the big one, I, I, I love how they saved the best for last too. Um. Black Panther. 
Wakanda forever, you know what I mean? Yeah. And people were just loving that title. I was like, hey, yeah. cool, you know, a hashtag became a title. So I love that. Um, right. We get in that uh, July the 8th of 2022. As I mentioned, the Marvels, uh, that's coming out November the 11th. So we saw, um, well, all right, so we have Ant-Man and the Wasp. Quantumania, um, that will be February 17th of 2023. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, May the 5th of, of 2023. And, you know, smart call on Marvel Studios dropping this on Star Wars Day. I was like, ha, ha, ha. Ah, okay, I see what you're doing there, right? Um, and, you know, just to go, of course, just a little bit. Um, apparently, this is the last time, apparently, that we're going to see um, Dave Bautista in this um, franchise. Right. Got to take the sign on for um, three, three films, now, basically. Right, right. Yeah, so question is, is that um, are they going to kill him off or... But I doubt it. I mean, people love drugs. So I just have a feeling that he, I don't know, he might just find some other, you know, alien chick and they're going to just, you okay. know, <laughs> leave or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, he yeah. His family. I, I have no idea. I have no idea what they're going to do. I have no clues. I mean, the, you know, James Gunn is one of the few actually unpredictable filmmakers, um, concept-wise and, and idea-wise. So yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'll, I'll see. We'll see what they do. You know. Yeah, and and last thing, last, but this is not really anything spectacular. Uh, we we see the logo again for Fantastic Four. So right, right. But I kind of like the fact that oh well, it's Phase Four, so let's end it with four, right? right. Fantastic Phase Four, four right. get it? Yeah. 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 So and then that like you know, cool. I mean, I'm 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 I'm, in, I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't want to say I'm overly excited, but I am just glad that they have the the timeline out. I know things might shift a little bit, but I hope not by too much though. And then it can look bad now that you know you see um, a film that was supposed to release one month get pushed back like two, three months, and like um, right. Black Widow. I hope that the, the times that they stick there, stay there. If they have to get pushed back a week or whatever, cool, but not by months. Eh? That's that's no yeah. I want. Yeah. And uh, last thing, last as far as Marvel goes, uh, Loki. Uh, we we will be getting. Um, the first uh, episode, right. uh, so, the ninth, uh, that will be Wednesday now. So right. it moves from Friday, June eleventh, to Wednesday, um, June 9th, which is like okay, right. cool, cool. Yeah, cool. which I, which I kind of is a very strange change to do. I don't know what what's going on. I suspect it have something big Star Wars that they want to put on the Friday. So I know what to do. Um, well, I'm wondering if it's because of um the bad batch, but I mean, oh gosh, man, that's, awesome. like, nah, okay. I don't think, so, I don't so, think it's so, a bad batch. Yeah, like, uh, but what the thing is though is that they still have to talk about um. What they call it? They still have the not one division. They have the sorry, the the multiverse stuff now. Yeah. Um, I forget the name of it, but yeah. So that that still is a series, but I'm not sure when what that. Now, what if? No, right, um, what I if. believe what if is coming um after Loki. I coming after Loki. Okay. I, I yeah. was, for some reason, I keep thinking that was before Loki for some reason. Um, but yeah, okay. Yeah, but um, as I brought up that um, by now I think we should have gotten like a second trailer to at least remind people. Hey, this is still a thing. It's coming, but probably we might get that somewhere in June or July, if I'm not mistaken. But um, yeah, what I was saying about the whole Bad Batch thing, um, which, oh, well, we're going to talk about the first two episodes later on, right? I don't think, I, I think just Star Wars fans alone, sorry, are, are going to be really invested in, in like checking out um, each and every episode and reviewing it and stuff like that, right? But I don't think that should be anything like to be excited over. Like even while I was um watching the first two episodes, I was like, okay, is this gonna be something that people are just gonna be um tweeting about on Fridays or you know yeah. views or reactions on Fridays? I right. don't know, you know. No, yeah, yeah. It, it it don't seem to be the type of show to be super hyped about. I'm not expecting anything like that to be honest. So it's like, yeah, we'll see. 
um, what they're doing going forward. But like not, nothing in it it has done. Like we, we, when we get to the review, we'll talk about it. But nothing to, to the extent we expect them to be doing anything that fascinating with it. To be honest. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So um really 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 um i don't well again i don't want to say excited but i'm just glad again that that marvel pretty much have the the timeline lead out right yeah uh, i hope that they that they do stick with it i hope that you know circumstances kind of change for the better so at least because you could tell like even with that trailer and all too we could debate you know the use of um stanley's voice for these right um right. you could tell that they had a heart in the right place but you could tell that we really want you all to feel happy because I, I think they were stressing at the very end that, yes, we're bringing the movies back. You know what I mean? There's paraphrasing here. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, let's just bring some some joy, man, to our fans. So I, I appreciate that. Um, any last thing you just want to say on the trailer and all this, you know, big announcements and stuff? Yeah, it was, it was again, I didn't super hype them up. It's just more like, okay, just, they, they're trying to reestablish yourself and, and that the diamond, the paradigm that they wanted to set up from since, you know, um, you know, because and I know COVID coming and messed up a lot of that, so they, they had to run run with it as they say. Uh, I, you know, I kind of hyped. I'm glad I get the new titles. The Marvels actually is the more interesting thing I, f- I found from the most of this. Um, that they changed the name outright and it's implying something different and a, a lot more interesting. Um, idiots on the internet melt. You know, having a, a having a day as usual where they're thinking, oh, well, that means that Brie Larson is out because they call it the Marvels and not Captain Marvel 2. I was like, no, idiot. That's that's not when anyone is seeing. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, it's, it's really shocking how people who, who really think that and selling that as a narrative. I, I doubt I'll have. Um, it, you know, very low probability, you know, BS event, right? However, um, as I said, it's, it's, it have my hype. I'm glad that they have the, the, the head on the, sh- as usual, Marvel had the head on the shoulders. They know what they're doing. So I can't be mad at any of this. It was good. Fine. Yeah, yeah. I have no, I have no, I have no issue with it at the moment. All right. So moving on quickly now. Uh, let me talk about last night's episode. You know, the Mother's Day episode of Saturday Night Live. Um, you know, like the really when we when we mention when we even mention Saturday Night Saturday Night Live at all, it's usually when some big person of you know importance you know, I mean shows up, right? Like we will mention a Dave Chappelle, right? You know, like remember last year he showed up. Right after, um, you know, after Trump left, basically, right? Or well, Trump, sorry, Trump lost the election, basically. So a couple of weeks ago, I saw, oh, Elon Musk gonna be there. I'm like, all right, Elon yeah. Musk. So here's yeah. the thing, right? I'll, I'll I'll confess something here quickly, right? Um, it's not like I am completely oblivious to all things Elon Musk. But for me, like, I understand his influence and, you know, what he does with Tesla and all that kind of stuff with SpaceX. I, I know uh, he's one of the richest people in the world. Um, I, I've been meaning to read his uh, his biography. I, I really think I probably enjoy it. But yeah. he's not someone personally that I go out of my way to see or, you know, what he tweeted or what he's yeah. up to and all that kind of stuff. Not saying that I hate the man or despise him. I'm bringing this up too because there was apparently some controversy behind the scenes like some some performers some SNL performers didn't want to be in you know in that in that um taping last night for reasons i don't know maybe you might answer that ricardo okay. but yeah right so now yeah so he, he's a person who kind of filled the gap he kind of he kind of filled the you know, filled the niche of tech person that that nerd that weird nerds on the internet need to worship when right. since, since steve jobs passed right and mm. I'll say I'll straight up say that you know he have the same energy, right? It's that same, you know, borderline cult of personality. And when he hosted, it was kind of like when, but but given given you know the, the 
post-Trump era, it's kind of like when Trump hosted, right? It's kind of that same kind of energy, right? He really into, into cryptocurrencies, which is some really shady business when you think about it. And then the car, a lot of his ideas and concepts are not the best promise. Um, and he's a person that, again, if it, you know, in, 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 a, in, a, in a post, sorry, in a pre uh, social media age, he's a person that would get away with a lot of bullshit. And then now it's like, oh, we know everything about him and he's kind of a piece of shit when you think about it. And, you know, it's one of these things that is weird that it, it kind of come in full circle of a whole bunch of people just don't know who he is or where, you know, where he really is. If you think about it, he had the Emerald Mines and all of that weirdness. And then, you know, himself really contriving a way to be liked, right? It's that, right? You know, it's, it, this, is, this is the same like him smoking weed on Joe Rogan, right? He clearly, uh, from what I understand, he is on the autism, autism, express, autism spectrum. So it, it, you're not sure how much of it is that or how much of it is ego or is a mix of it. And, he, you know, he's one of those that need to be liked. So you have to wear, host SNL. It really feels like Trump all over again. It's that bullshit, right? Right. Uh, for, for, as for the actual episode itself, uh, like most SNL episodes, it was mediocre to terrible. Um, yeah, unfortunately, right. Um, yeah, it, it was very boring. Most of the sketches was pretty bad. It had one okay sketch involving um, the N- Nintendo characters, which was kind of shocking because, like, wait, Nintendo allowed this? How this? How they get yeah. this? Nintendo and, 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 and here's the funny thing, eh? um, so I'll confess, right? I honestly thought that Elon Musk was mostly going to be in the background and he wasn't going to, to do much on stage. But mm-hmm. I was actually surprised that, hey, they actually putting him, like, front and center, you know what I mean? Like, um, that, that same sketch that you mentioned, too, he plays Wario. And I'm like, right. all right. Yeah, yeah. Do you doing comedy stuff, okay. No, right. as, I said, as I said, it really feels like, like, like when Trump hosted right before, you know, when he did it, right? It's mm-hmm. that same thing. Like, yeah, he can kind of laugh at himself, but he's still, like, super clumsy and, and not particularly good at it. And you don't expect him to, but at the same time, it's like, well, why are you hosting at all? But we get it. Yeah. You're yeah. trying to get inroads in the mainstream crowd. And, you know, for honest, and uh, I, I haven't followed the, the details on this because it's it's really, in my opinion, financially shady stuff when you think about it, even though I, I have been part of the promotion of it back in the early days. Um, what do you call it? Dogecoin, right? Or if you know what that is. Dogecoin took a huge nosedive in its in its worth, whatever that means. Um and yeah, I, I read that like since like since last night actually. Right. Times and it was yeah. it was doing pretty good until he did that, right? And he, he did a big joke about it of saying it's a scam in the bit, right? That was actually the best oh, part. Well, you know, it's in his like, words, it's a hustle. It's a hustle, right? right? Yeah, yeah. With, with Michael Che, right? You mm-hmm. know, they, they kind of bring out the point of because like it's it's starting to have a, a, a legit serious blowback against cryptocurrencies, right? Because people seeing it for what it is. And it's interesting how um how that playing out with him and why he go on the show. A big part of it is that they're pushing the whole, well, cryptocurrencies need to come truly mainstream now. You know, Elon Musk going to do that because remember Tesla, you know, spent a ton of money, you know, on Bitcoin or whatever it is, right? Sometimes, some big, like by far the largest investment. So I like part of it. I, right. again, I'm not excited. I, I thought, again, as for him as a personality, he's a person that, he's a man before his time as they say, right? Right. Um, he, He's a person who just keeps contriving his way towards the world people are really seeing seeing him for what it is especially now that we have a big blowback against like well billionaires in general to be honest <laughs> uh and yeah he he's a person who just ultimately gonna be just kind of underwhelming for what it is the episode sucked sorry it was just kind of boring um to be honest i wasn't too hyped for it whatever moving on yeah um 
all right, so let's quickly about the episode. Like, you know, the Mother's Day stuff was cool. You yeah. know, having having Miley Cyrus open the show. And by the way, she she clearly has her heart in singing. But like, like every time she's on stage, she's all passionate and she's like just belting out these songs. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, not, it wasn't really, you know, wowed by your performance in that one Black Mirror episode that we all forgot. But yeah, yeah. I mean, she have a bright future and, you know, singing, man. You know what I mean? But yeah, um, other than that, though, we actually saw Elon's mom and... He actually revealed to the world apparently like this i saw this on my feed this morning I was like okay this this i okay like i i didn't think he would have used his platform to let the world know that he actually um has um asperger syndrome I'm like right right that was it. Right, well, why, why wasn't this a thing that he brought up you What's know he's earlier a, in his career though? no he's out he's a, he was on the autistic stretcher as the word okay so the, the the term asperger's is a little outdated that's why i just said put him on the autism spectrum i mentioned that right um, okay right mm-hmm. yeah so it's is it as I say I don't sure if it's a mixture of that or ego in terms of him wanting to be liked and why he's so awkward and kind of weird. I mean it, it makes sense. So I know how to judge that to be honest. I mean yeah, um, yeah I don't know how that really changes the equation all that much to me a little bit. I don't know why he said that or, or do it in that way. However, well, <laughs> all right. Yeah. So not knocking the guy, but I feel that he said that. Yaldo Kilmer, I feel that he just said that. So like when he actually does his bits. We could kind of look at it that okay, well, it, he he not really giving it his all, but you know maybe yes, it's that well, Asperger that caused it. Okay, right. So and that, I, I, every time like he's on on stage, like even when he's delivering his lines, like he's in point that one. The, okay, the, so the, this, well, you you want basically with uh, him playing this cowboy basically and talking about what we should do and mentioning cryptocurrency just because. Yeah, his line just kind of fell flat, and just the way how he looked and sounded just yeah. was off. You know? No, as I was like, oh, but you know, he 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 has this, so it's you know that's there we go, my blind. Yeah. That, that's how it yeah, felt yeah. like to me. For years, for years, as I said, you know, for years it was one of these things people used as a as a um, you know, as a joke. Well, not kind of half joke of saying, you know, you get you get the excuse of being basically an asshole, right? You know, you get the excuse of get to say any edgy thing. And you know, well, the reason I said it is because of Asperger's. I'm on the autism spectrum. That is the excuse, more or less. And that is what I was getting from it. I really thought you would have tried to say something really shocking and edgy. Like, that's the only thing that would actually make news, to be honest. Um, yeah. Online, now you'd have say something like incredibly racist or something really, really sexist, something like that, or make a rape joke. Right. I, I, really, I was expecting something like that, that to be honest. Uh, man, yeah. I, we didn't get that. It was, it was yeah. yeah. And, uh, and last thing, last though, um, I. I while I understand why they do this, though, I, I, I kind of despise the fact that they worked around a, a lot of the, the sketches around him. It's like, yeah. case in point, there was this uh, Martian parody with uh, Pete Davidson, um, and they actually squeezed in Miley Cyrus for that one. But, you know, it's the SpaceX program, and, you exactly. know, right. that yeah. kind of thing, you know what I mean? And even in that uh, weekend updating with Michael Chief, for example, they had to have a moment where they're talking about um, um, it's Dogecoin, right? That's how you pronounce yeah, it, right? Coin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dogecoin, right? Yeah. And it's like him pretty much explaining what it is. And the joke is, but we don't get it. What is it? And that's a right. joke. Like, uh, all right, okay. Yeah, exactly. I know who he is, but you don't have to work everything around that, though. Even like the same Western bit that I was saying about, why do you have to bring up cryptocurrency in that? Like, honestly, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was just it was just awkward. It just felt like, okay, we need to do this because it's about him and what he represents and why exactly. people are going to talk as about it. As I said, as I said all of, you know? yeah, all of, yeah, as I said, catering to weird nerds on the internet, right? Um, the the problem with it is that they they kind of here's one of the things that there's the, the kind of the big open secret about the the internet, right? Is that they think they think they have way more power than they do in terms of what they 
talk about in the world in terms of influence, right? And so they think they could just meme their way to the top. And because this stuff, like the real powers that be, allow some, some of these things to happen, um, they think they get away with it. And sorry to say, the one thing that facilitated this assumption is is uh, the election of Donald Trump, right? So as always, make the joke, you, you, you drive drunk and reach home safe. That don't mean you had to take an extra shot or punch the next time you drive. It's not the thing. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a moral failure. It's a moral hazard and a, a kind of statistical failure. Um, however, it didn't work out uh, in that way for a lot of people who thought it would go the opposite way because it's like, oh, it's idiots on the internet who think memes are magic. And that's, that's what end up happening. You have a whole generation, right, of people. And when I mean the word generation, I mean cultural generation, which is last around five or four years or so. Um, that whole bunch of people who just think the world is like this like now, and we could do this and get away with it. And he facilitated the nonsense. Uh, we'll see, you know, in terms of going forward, of how this impacts the culture or not. I personally think it'll probably just dry up, dry up on the vine, but we don't know. We'll see. Yeah, um, we, we'll this, see, we'll see. Um, personally, yeah. I don't think this is this is going to be a big deal um, yeah. after the next yeah. couple of days. Like right now, as we speak, uh, his opening monologue is trending now, um, number one. Um, yeah, and I, don't know, I, I think the, the, the sellers, oh, he revealed to the world that he has Asperger. Okay, wow, yeah. okay. And what, just, just, yep, just wait yep. for a new 6 9 video to drop and then that going way down you know what I mean? Yeah. Like people aren't gonna care after a while. That's that's one point. Yeah, you know? it, had, it had one. It had one sketch that was so bad that the where did the Gen Z sketch? Oh my gosh, that was so terrible. Oh that's, my that's god, strange. you know what I mean? And, and I get the joke. You know what I mean? That's yeah. how we, they talk. They talk like this, bro. Like yeah. whoa, man. But okay, it just kept going on and yeah, on rubbish. and on. Absolutely like, rubbish. Why? Yeah, uh, did they did they, they make one reference to some HBO show? Um, this is a sort of miniseries starring Kate Windsor. One was murder mystery shows now. Right, right. And I was like, okay, they're making fun of Pennsylvania accents. All right. Yeah. I, I, I won't lie, though. That's just this last thing about SNL. The saving grace for that show right now, like, yes, I, I actually like a majority of the, the, the new actors' performance in the show, right? But right. Kate McKinnon, for me, will always make that oh, show yeah. work. She, she, yeah, just, she's so, just she's does so this awkward humor so well, even right now to her play in France, Big Dorman in that god awful sketch with um the Iceland talk show shit thing. Right, yeah. right. But yeah, she made that work because of just the awkwardness, you know what I mean? But other yeah, than that, yeah. Yeah, out, out of the new people, I'll say I'll still I, I like Chris Red, he okay, and Boyan Young. Boyan Young is pretty good too. Um, yeah, yeah, he he he, he, some he good, sells yeah. like, he he brings mm. it to it. Well, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. As I said, as I said before, I am underwhelmed with all of this. Like, why was he the host? The thing is, I, I kind of pretty excited for the following weeks, you know. And, and those following weeks feels like an apology for this episode, um, because again, yeah, we again, um, again Mike uh, and yeah. yeah, 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 real, real excited uh, to see him, man. Yeah, real I, I would love to hear what he had to say about um, about he boy and how he went, <laughs> how he won an Oscar way back right. for for Get Out. You know, that'll right. be that'll be yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. All right. So speaking of tech moguls now let's <laughs> finally talk about the mitchells versus the machines right um this is a sony animated um, feature yeah. that clearly was supposed to be for big screen but um yeah. netflix was like nah but we we, we buying this shit thread. so <laughs> right yeah don't no, no, we get to watch this home although in my honest opinion I, I would have, I would have much prefer to see this on big screen, but that's just yeah, me, right? Me, me, me too. I um I just I, I kinda annoyed that we couldn't get to see it on big screen because it looked great and I love all the little details and they had all these little a lot of great visual gags in this. So it, it yes. was like all these little small things 
and references to jokes pre- previously in the show and references to general pop culture. I'm like, okay, I really wanted to see this on a bigger screen to mm-hmm. pick up pick up more of the details and stuff. Cause I found myself rewinding just to see a bit now, a lot. Yeah, uh, me, me too, me too. I was yeah. I was rewinding never so often, right? Yeah. Um, it's written actually by uh, well, one of the the right sorry, two of the writers would be uh, we boys Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, right? Um, you oh, know it, for... they wrote it or they were, they were just producers. Um, well, the uh, sorry, they actually produced. They actually okay, produced. okay, my right, bad, yeah. my bad. I, I saw the yeah. name. I was like, oh, they do produ- production. I might have so much creative freedom. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. But, uh, if if you know the two, um, you know, like stuff with like Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, which yeah. I totally love. Um, yeah, the Lego Movie, which I actually own on Blu-ray. Yeah, right. they do quick, you know, witty, self-referential meta humor very very well, and they just do it so frantic, so frenetic. But at the same time, there's like a level of intelligence and just like really clever humor to it, right? Um, and it's the dict- um, directorial debut of. Um, Mike Rianda, um, you probably will be familiar with him, um, Ricardo, because um, I still haven't watched um, Gravity Falls, but uh, right, he yeah. worked on that show. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. and he also provided the voice of um, of what the the characters, uh, well, the youngest character, the youngest Mitchell, I should say. Boy, yeah. I didn't even yeah. know that. Like, well, okay, okay, but yeah. Um, what is what is the Mitchell's versus the machines about? Yeah, so basically, there's a uh, family, this older girl, she about to go to college. Uh, her dad, she kind of fall out, not really fall out, but kind of go, grow apart from her dad. And the mom just kind of squaring how to balance them off. But because she is a distant kind of, you know, kid, normal, typical kid shit, she kind of found herself on the bad end of, of you know, these arguments. And when she's about to leave now, they... Um, well, the robot apocalypse happens, and for a very funny and silly reason, um, voiced by my boy <laughs> um, Eric Andre, Eric Andre, the one, Andre, the only yeah. <laughs> Eric Andre. Um, and they had to. Ins- so what happens is that they decide to take a road trip, and if she didn't, they, the road trip was allowed, allowed to escape the the robot apocalypse, and they had to solve the robot apocalypse problems. And all these little plots and and issues and plot reasons as to how they had to get from each point A to point B to point C. To, to solve the problem and then basically walk through the family drama. And I thought this was excellent. I really enjoyed this. I am uh, so glad to hear that. I thought uh, it would have been like, you know, the joke. No, hey, all right, here's, here's the thing. Like, I, I will confess, while I was watching this, um, I was, just for like about a minute, I was thinking about Record Ralph 2. Right, right. And I remember what you said about Record Draft too, how you didn't like, how, how you felt that the jokes were were um, were, were old, right? Were steel, right? Mm-hmm. And that is because, really, uh, we, we'll get to the show in a bit, we'll get back to the show. It's because you're taking a show that was pretty much, you know, just making fun of, you know, classic video game characters, and you're bringing them into the YouTube generation, so you're throwing all these old YouTube jokes, right? Right. And they kind of do that here. Like, um, I remember it's a Sony show, so, you know, they right. always have to reference pop culture and, like, every no, well, second, right? So, right? But why, there, right. there were points where I was like, okay, uh, um, I, I, worry. I, was, I was a little worried that, you know, they were going to lean out too much on old, you know, no. 2000s and 2010s. Well, yes, yes, why, yes, why it worked. Yes, why it was much more intelligent, because... The, it was it was more it was by definition a reference of nostalgia for the characters involved, most notably father, right. and daughter, father and the daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Correct. So it, it yeah. was when that was relevant and and why why that was happening as it was. That's why it worked. Yeah. I mean it was it was it was not about the the reference itself. It was about the two characters having the working nostalgia of that. 
yeah. as right. it was. And, mm-hmm. I, and I thought I thought that was that was very very clever um, what they did with it, and yeah. it was genuinely heartfelt. Like it was good. Um, yeah, you know, it was it wasn't in your face about it. They didn't even make it an issue. Very very small and slight. If you pick it pick it up, you didn't even notice uh, slight LGBT references. Yeah, good. Well, yeah, yeah, good. yeah. And I was like, yeah. okay, that's yeah, that's, like, that's made, clever. Made, I wonder how they brought yeah. that. They didn't yeah. stop the show to tell you, hey, yeah, boom. It. But it was you're like. Not, yeah, yeah, it's one of those blink and you miss it moments. But I yeah, let's, seen, little blink and you miss it. I'd wait for it. It, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll come in, and if you pick up on it, great. You know what I mean? Much power to you. There you go. Right. You know, little, little things like that I didn't mind. So it, it again, matter of fact, okay, you had to know how to balance that, right? Um, stuff like that. Um, but that's the story itself. The main strength of it is it was the um, the voice acting. Everybody was bouncing off each other so well. The visual Agreed. gags, yeah. the mix between the visual gags and the voice acting. Right, everybody's bouncing off each other very, very well. Um, I'll say the side characters really work. Like it had this great thing with um, I think is is oh what was this boy name boy uh, Beck Bennett. And, yes, yes. Um, uh, SNL well current yeah. member. Yeah. Yeah, and um, oh god, the other fellow who was uh, Fred Fred Armisen. Fred Armisen, right? Yes. Yeah, um, he's <laughs> a former cast. Yeah, right, former yeah, cast former member. Yeah, member. Two of them was was bouncing off each other. They were funny together. Yeah, um, Maya Rudolph was in this. She was good. Eric Andre was good. Um, your girl Olivia Coleman was good. She was. Oh my me. god, she was. Me yeah, there, there's one me. scene involving a meltdown that had me in stitches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, so and, then, and then they had the, the, the all the little visual gags were great. They had the, all these little jokes, little small little references, these little things that they just bounce off each other. And then, but then everything comes back full circle. Uh, with the core of, of just a good family story, then just a, a father and a daughter having to like just meet each other halfway, and how are they going to resolve this? Their issues and, and positions, and they made it yeah. work. They really, really made it work. They really felt for these characters. They they made it generally fun, and as, as it's one of these things that could have easily, if I would, I would say, this uh, this was suspect. This is my speculation. If they went to theaters, I suspect that we would have probably not, it wouldn't have been as good, this good. They'd have cut a bunch of shit. They'd have probably tried to get rid of the LGBTQ aspect of the story. Little stuff like that, have, I feel they would have cut out, you know, if it was in theaters. Personally, I really thought that would have happened. Because it, it mm. felt like it had so much creative freedom, though. Like, it felt like it, it had it, it so did, much yeah. creative freedom. Just from, but it, it makes sense, given the character, right? Given the main character and her, what her, her whole deal is, right? And I just really, really enjoyed what they did with it and they made it. It just worked, right? It's, it's, it does familiar story tropes but it's well it's so well executed i can't be mad at it it's just so well done yeah, yeah. To- totally agree totally agree yeah, yeah i'm 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 down i'm 100 percent um, down with you i totally totally enjoy this i was so surprised that i was enjoying this and funny thing i, I think like okay like i don't want to like look back and be like oh th- these are the reasons why i enjoy the show so much um the time that i actually watched this right um yeah you know what i mean like rain was pouring on hard and you know it's just that cold kind of depressing kind of atmosphere right and then this is you know for, for us trinis um this is right after you know our 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 loving uh prime minister you know what i mean let 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 us know about this whole um lockdown thing there so you know what i mean so i just needed to watch something just to escape and just feel happy and this show provided that for me now, I don't want to look back and be like, oh, well, the reason why I enjoy this is because of those two elements, right? Because, yeah. Um, yeah, I have a feeling that, you know, the, uh, if I go back to it, I will enjoy it just as much as I did the first time. But, yeah, this was, this is this is designed to just turn your frown upside down, right? But yeah, yeah. I don't want to kind of make this as this, you know, happy, you know, go-to happy film, basically, right? But it's just how 
fun it is, how witty it is, how sharp it is, how it moves at just not so much as a, a, at a breakneck speed, like say um, Lego Batman movie, for example, right? Right, um, right. But you know, it 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 gives you enough moments for you to to understand the family dynamic, but it'll just throw all these just sight ga- um, visual gags at you, and you know, it's it's almost the point like you just have to kind of duck one, you know, what I mean, it just moves so quickly, right? Um, if I have one minor gripe, though, is is that it does run a little too long, basically. Oh, you're right. You're right. Um, but you know, I I I, I kind of no, attribute that, it to that, see that, how. That was, um, yeah, no, that's well, all attribute yeah. to the length, the the actual being at home versus in theaters. If it was right, in theaters, it'd, it'd have been a little shorter, and they would have had to cut a lot, a little bit of stuff, and it'd have probably been like good stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I agree, and you know what you were saying about the the LGBTQ stuff. They right. probably would have cut that out and just say, "Well, we 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 you know we had to think about time and you know kids sitting down yeah, yeah, and blah blah blah." It's like no, no, really, you know what I mean? Yeah, but um, it it does. You you do feel the length of it, right? And I would say, um, it reminds me a lot of like the um the Incredibles films, right? Which right. you know is about a family, right? So you always have that. Well, I guess with those films, basically, you always have to have enough moments, enough family dynamic moments. And you got that here with this. So I, I feel that's why they, they kind of stretch things out like that. But even still, you know I me, mean? um, you know, it was just so well told. Though. I yep. was worried with the, you know, the, the references to, to all the pop culture stuff. Um, case in point, a particular song that, that, that pops up. Like when you feel something like that, I was like, wow, I have not heard this in ages. But yeah. I'm a little worried you now because you know, yeah. you know, with 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 shows of this nature, you know, they'll just pull a song and right, it's like, oh the... well, I remember that song because nostalgia. You now I need right. to see the show. Well, they make it, they make it, it right. the so, uh, movie, right? And but they make it work. They make yeah. it fit yeah. perfectly. And when that moment hit, yeah, it's good. As over the top and and crazy as it was, I just had a big goofy smile on my yeah. face, and I was like, yes, yes. If I watch it. <laughs> I'm not sure how to react to if I watch it in theaters, but I imagine kids and all would have been smiling. Parents would have been smiling at that moment, too, in particular, right? Um, speaking of which, though, I thought that the, the, the characters were so likable. Um, yes. From Katie, voiced by McGill, Abby Jacobson, you remember her from right, um, right. Great uh, Broad City. Um, right. Danny McBride, who plays um, Rick. I, I didn't even pick up on his voice. I was like, oh, yeah, that's him, right? right, right, uh, right. McGill, Maya Rudolph, right? Who plays right. Um, the, Mom, the yeah. mother, Linda. Uh, Mike Rianda, who plays Aaron, <laughs> like how they, they became like this weird kid who rolled into dinosaurs and he real awkward around girls and stuff like that. Like I thought that it was he was going to be like the, the the cliche, you know what I mean? Like I'm just weird for the sake of being weird, but you know they make it work, they make it work, right? What? Yeah, um, what did, because they give him a little a little side arc involving another character, and I really enjoyed like how they did that. It's like oh, okay, that it really cute yeah. and funny, but at the same time it makes sense. And it, there's so many funniest gags, like especially the mm-hmm. end where he just. He dives out a window, which I thought yes. was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah, and and there was, there was um, even the and I like how they just touch on what they what they all fancy basically, right? So right. case in point, um, he runs into dinosaurs, and there's a great moment in popping, you know, on the road trip. You know, being just a stop into uh, in terms of you know dinosaurs. That's all we'll see, right? Um, Linda, the, the, the mom had a nice little subplot involving her trying to impress uh, her neighbors. Who, right, that's uh, a, a surprise to say. Sorry, yeah, for, forgive me, but I did not know until the yeah. credits roll yeah. that was John Legend and Chrissy. Yeah, I should have yeah. picked up on it from the and it's, it's depth, point, eh? but like, I didn't even know, like, I yeah, didn't know they were yeah. in this. But they basically played themselves. Yeah, 
But but Chrissy took it for me, boy. That's how yeah, she portrayed herself, quote unquote, was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um but yeah, boy, and uh, well Danny, of course, you know, sorry, well Rick the, the father really trying to um you know to, to, to connect with the with his um daughter, right? Even though he just doesn't understand, you know, the, the kind of films that she makes. And points for kind of making her, her films be really weird. Oh, I love that. Yeah, exactly. um, yeah, which is which is very like contemporary now. I mean, it's like, yeah, she, you know, she in the she in the YouTube generation. So yeah, she just make weird stuff and you know. Um, you know, we could kind of question if that's enough for you to get <laughs> to go to film school. <laughs> but right, right. whatever, whatever. It's an animated film, folks. Deal with great, it. Great. Let's see if you had to make weird YouTube videos and you, you get through. No, that's not what you should see, right? Yeah. Um and yeah, I, I really dug the Eric Andre who plays um he plays a guy who pretty much creates the AI. I right. just love this this moment this where he talk about, oh, this is the AI that you all love. Yeah, we're going to yeah. upgrade this thing. Boom, like right now. And it just starts yeah. a whole conflict, basically. Uh, and the, the, the story ever so often, you hear them just throw shade at tech companies. Like, yes. Like, yeah, yeah. There's crochet attack where he's like, hey, it's almost as if blah, blah, blah about data, about big data. Giving it to the AI is a good idea. That's <laughs> not, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Shade at Facebook or whoever it is. Yeah. Um, Fred Amerson and Beck Bennett, I thought they were, they were great they were too. Great. They, they were yeah, great. Yeah, they, they were great too. They just play these robots who suddenly become aware that they're robots. So they, they're yeah. trying to be human, quote unquote. That they yeah. just meet for some genuinely hilarious moments too. But I did not expect to hear McGill Olivia Coleman in this too. Yeah, she yeah. is the villain, so to speak, by and this yeah. moment. This when you see her in the film, that's all you see. Yeah. It's just a stroke of genius. And, and it's, it's the a... points that she makes, like I thought it was gonna be all, you know, like real heavy gen gen Xer talking about, well, you know, this is this is why only young people, you know, so obsessed with YouTube and all them kind of thing. But no, it, it makes sense given who the character is really when right. you think about it, it, it just works. And, and it, that felt like I see though, just had me in stitches. Yeah, and, right. and a nice and a nice piece of writing. It, it it created a working parallel between her and the main character. No? Like that worked like clearly yeah. the abandonment issues versus you know that whole di- dimension of it. So everything come back full circle in the material. No? Um yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's very well just well made and, and conscientious in the writing and just well run, done. And that's they're legitimately charming. So yeah, I'm gonna give a rating a quick. Yeah, yeah, um, give it now, give it now. Yeah, eight, eight out of ten, maybe a nine. The more thinking about it, but it is just so well executed and well done. This one, this one could be a classic, actually. You know, more think about it. I could imagine it. You know, ten years from now, twenty years from now, people come back to this one and say, hey, you know, this was pretty clever and well done. Yeah, I, I, I well, again, after agreement, um, I yeah. could see this being a classic in the long run. I could see this being one of the best animated films, hell, films of the decade, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I would say before I get to written though, it is not some sort of groundbreaking film that's going to change the face of everything. No, it's just a very well told, very well animated. I thought that the animated was so well yeah. done in this, and uh, there's this, 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 you know, these little sprite moments basically where you just see like all this, like it's how it's how basically they incorporate two D, three D, some yes. hand drawn stuff, and it just yeah. gives it its own personality. I really love that. Um, very well um, scored actually. I really dug the, the music for this, um, and also the sound design because remember we we talking about Robot Apocalypse, so yeah, you have moments of action and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the sound design was on point. 
and yeah just a charming family comedy that literally families could watch and enjoy man so yeah for me i'm i'm giving this a light four and a half out of five man this is hands down one of the best shows i've seen all year this is one this is probably the best animated feature i've seen this year and i want it to be but i know um uh, pixar dropping something uh what is it i can't remember um, this thing okay. with the Mo-Boys. Mo- 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 yeah, the Mo-Boys yeah, thing. I, I don't know what that about. Um, la, uh, well, I want to say La something. La, it, it's Spanish. It's supposed to be in Spanish, tongue, Italian, tongue or something like that. I know it's, what you're talking it's, about. It's Italian. It's Italian. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Yeah. I know what you're talking um, about. But I, like I'd say, you know, like, like Pixar, you know, can't can't come through with a real, with a with a great show. I mean, look at Soul, right? But now, in terms of what this show is going for, in terms of just the the heart, the humor, and just these quick jokes, like I'm sorry, like there's no way you could watch this and not be entertained. So yeah, totally love this. I'm I'm actually surprised that you you dug this as well. And last thing I'll say though, um, in terms of just me being worried about the jokes, you know, being steel and whatnot. No, 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 no. They they make it very fresh, make it contemporary as well. Um, they they, they go they go weird, you know, when when it needs to as well. I I just really like the fact that they were just. They just had the opportunity to just make something their own. So, yeah, we could just go as over the top and just bonkers as possible. But yeah. still, at the heart, it's a, it's a, it's a really, really nice and endearing it's, it's, um, yeah. the, the strength of it was like, there's a good family. There's a good like visual gags. Like, you just had a, a great little thing and a little thing on the side. That is the, the, the thing. And, and they'll have like, yeah. a small thing on the side. It's like, okay, you have to look at this and why this funny? Because here's why. Little stuff like this. Yeah, and it makes yeah. Work. Yeah, me, yeah, I totally, I totally agree. So I'd imagine if you're not into that style of humor where jokes coming at you like a mile a minute, uh, you probably wouldn't like it. But um, I would say if you love comedy, um, and you know, for somebody like me who you know, yeah, like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm one of you that, you know, like you, you don't have to make too much of an effort to make my laugh though, but you really have to come good. And this show totally did that, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, if, if it into great comedies, great family comedies, great animated films as well too, yeah, you will have a blast with this. And um, I would say, just in closing, um, Sony Pictures Animation on a roll, but like, you know, we like, last time we, we praised their stuff was, was what, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse? That was like, it what, is, two it, years it, ago? Exactly. They know it, about three, yeah. About three, right? About three, yeah. three. Well, yeah, roughly. About three. That. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, you're right. I mean, they, they, what they have been um, doing is they just get workable, just workable scripting and it'd be relatively independent. Like, look, Pixar's still, in my opinion, still pretty good. Um, DreamWorks. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm not giving up on Pixar anytime soon. I'm just seeing, you're, you're, I'm just seeing they had to be, you had to welcome the competition. Just welcome right. it. That but, always but Sony, about work, right. what, what Sony has always been kind of half, you know, on terms of quality for me, right? They, they, they not real, not as bad as a blue light or one of those guys, but it just you know they just never. Is, is blue light or no? It's blue sky. You know blue sky. Mean? Sorry, <laughs> sorry about right. that. Right, um, where I'm where sure. you know like like Ice Age was good, and then they just start yeah. dropping all with them sequels, especially right. four. Oof, horrible. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And that, that's the whole thing about it. What they make it, what they make it, what they try to do for it is they just. You know, just have like workable ideas and don't waste your time trying to copy or follow things. Don't try to be Pixar. You know, don't try to be this. Don't try to be things. Just be get your own image and cater to uh, your own workable niche. Now. And they make it. They make it work. They really make it work. Yeah, indeed, indeed, indeed. So, yes, folks, this is a real deal. It's on Netflix, which is kind of unfortunate though, because yeah, this needed to be on on big screen, but right? this needed yeah. to be there. But. For it's 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 there, you know what I mean? It's it's on Netflix, so yeah, right. definitely check it out. 
Right. All right. So let's talk about the first two episodes of Star Wars: The Bad Batch. Right. This is the latest um, Star Wars um, series. You know, in the you know the ever expanding universe of Star Wars. Um, this is actually a continuation of the Clone Wars series, which, well, at, you know, to to, to begin right. Um, I have pretty much avoided up until the you know the release of these two episodes, right? And my reason being, like I like from the moment I saw the trailer for the Clone Wars back in like what 2008, right? I just did not like the animation. And this is you know like we 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 saw um Jendi Tartakovsky's um you know um Clone Wars series, right? And we you know the two D version, we 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 dug that, right? I'm not sure if it holds up now, but we you know we dug it back then, right? And it was even better because this was coming out right before episode three, Revenge of the Sith, right? Which we covered, by the way, on our retrospect reviews, right? But when I saw the the animation style for Clone Wars, I was like, ugh, I'm not like I'm not really feeling this. It has this sort of, you know, wooden, yeah, wood carving kind of look right. to yeah. the pieces yeah. and the character design and all that, and I just couldn't, I just didn't care, right? Um, and I was surprised though that the the series just just went on strong for like what seven seasons, and then we had rebels and all that kind of stuff. But I was like, oh, I don't really need to see this, right? Because sorry, we we not versed in all things Star Wars, and this is all prequel stuff, so kind of doesn't matter, kind of, kind of, whatever. Well, yeah, okay. In so a way, you know, I, in a all right. Way. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. I um I have been, let's say at best soft on you know this this kind of prequel saga stuff especially with respect to ahsoka tano where she come from and why she doing what she doing and they they play the prequel and sl- well this in this case it's kind of it's still prequel but it, it halfway halfway on the matter like they, they reference yeah. certain characters and why certain characters are the way they are and how they're doing what they're doing like we get to see saw Gerrera, for example and little things like that right and yeah. for me I um can't say, I can't say I, I truly hated I can't say I truly hated um the prequel stuff and what they did with it. I can't say that, but what they, what I could say is it works if you know the audience and why if it works in that way, right? That is my attitude about it. I never really mm. um but well, I'm gonna put it like this. I never I never really get into it, but I get why you might like this. Like so you know, that's how I feel for most of that stuff. So that's right. about So, but, 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 in preparation for the Bad Batch, right? Because um, the, the, the series premiere was on May the 4th, right? You know, right. Star Wars Day, right? Right, right. I said, you know what? Rain falling again. Home, I nothing else to do. Let me, let me actually sit down and watch this Clone Wars movie and start at least a season of, of the series itself. Uh the movie itself, just just talking quickly. The movie itself, I see why it is um not one of the most appreciated films, right? It really does feel um it, it, it moves very quickly. Um it's clearly for the fans, it's clearly a pilot episode for you know the series. And something that I didn't think I would complain about in a Star Wars film. Too much action, man. It's it's just like, okay, it's war, right? It's Clone Wars. You literally have the word wars twice in the, in the official title. Let's just have a bunch of war scenes and a bunch of battles and droids being destroyed and, you know, stormtroopers and clones and all that kind of stuff. 
And to, uh, at, at a point in time, it's like rolling your eyes, like, ugh. Like, okay, again, action-wise, it's really solid, but still, it's just a bunch of fighting, just a bunch of shooting, a bunch of lasers, and sound effects, and all that kind of stuff, right? But I would admit, though, um, seeing um, Ahsoka, like, for the first time, uh, was like, okay, this is where it all begins. All right, I, I could kind of appreciate that. But it's not a show that I would watch again, just mainly because it was just just too much action just for the sake of it, to the point right. that it just becomes tiresome and boring, right? And then the series, like, just the first season as a whole, I was, like, actually, like, shockingly impressed by it, right? right. Because it expands the world of Star Wars, you know, really greatly. Um, it gives you some great action as well to the, the animation style. You get used to um, after the first few, few episodes, though. And it, um, in, in this, yeah. it has improved a lot, especially in this. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I can imagine, like, it just got better. Yeah. Up until this point here, you know. Um, last thing that's just what I say, right? Yeah, and you know, I mean, as even though there's a lot of storylines going on, like you, you think for each season, you know, they would they kind of just stick to like a few things. But I really do like the fact that they jump from character to character, so it shows like there's right. things going on, and it, there's a there's a gradual progress to what's going on. So, and they really do hint on, and this is what we'll bring up with this um, show here. That it's a war, like it's a serious war, and there's consequences, and people could die. Like there's nothing, like it's you know it's fun Star Wars stuff, but no, well, but still, it's a war, and people die, and people are betrayed, and stuff like that. So right. I like that the show is at least bold enough to let kids know, hey, we 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 are serious about the war thing, eh? Like we're really serious about this. Yeah, so that's seen as a show that I will um re uh, I'm not I can't say at the moment that I'll watch the other six seasons, but the first season I was like, okay, now I see what the what the big deal is. I, I should have jumped on it when it was on Cartoon Network. I believe it was on Friday nights. I should have watched it then, but at the time, like I say, the you know, the animation just took me out of it, you know. Yeah, yeah me too. Um, yeah. So that, that's how I felt about it, as I said. But uh, well, for this show, um. I can't well, say well, if if it, if it, well, I wouldn't mind if we could just do the synopsis, just just briefly about the two episodes, or just what the idea of what the show right. is okay. about. So the Bad Batch is about this um, group of clones that are biologically not like let's say they're not um, but they they genetically off, right? They did something off with them in some way, shape, or form, and but it make them specialize in some skill or the other, right? And it's I forget the exact name of the characters, but it's Hunter. Oh yeah, um, it's um, it's Hunter, Wrecker, right. Tech, Tech, Crosshair, and Cross Echo. Here. Right, and so, yeah, all of them so, so, so it's um, some level Ninja Turtles stuff, like you know. Yeah, for real, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, but but well, Echo I think is the one who kind of is the outsider one because he was a he was a character from Clone Wars apparently. And yeah, so so I've heard, and I would actually love to see that episode or right, episodes he got, where he was. He got he got almost killed. He was repaired. He have the same weird uh, reverse Jordan Jordy visor thing on his on the back of his head, like that guy in um in like that guy in in, in Empire Strikes Back. Um, right, right, right. I forget his name. Like, I don't know Star Wars names, but so basically, this this group with all them specialized, and they, they they tend to do better than normal clones on average, but they. Also, they it made them also resistant to the inhibitor chip. So the inhibitor chip is in their heads, but they were resistant to the Order 66 thing. So we get to see a character from Star Wars Rebels in this as a young kid. We get to see him as a as a young father one. And that character... Oh, he, he was in Rebels. Okay. He was okay. in Rebels, right. I, I, I thought it was his master was was somehow in the older um, film... Sorry, series. No. I didn't think it was a kid. Okay, okay. Yeah, so that little kid who, who got away, he's, he's in Rebels. We get to see that pl- play out. 
So they just do a little a little branching thing. And then basically we get to see basically well them having to survive after Order 66 and what going on. And that's pretty much it. It was it's catching people, setting this up, and then well the, the last character that's set up and is actually to me potentially the most interesting character, which is Omega. Right? I'm not sure what they're doing with her, but it's a female clone yes. of the other clone. So she obviously has, she has this incredibly tech New Zealander accent for the voice actress. Yeah, boy. Um, uh, it, it's how she say tech. She say tick. tick yeah. <laughs> it's funny how she says tech. Yeah. Things like that, right? Um, and she basically dies what happened going forward, right? She, they come together. They have to escape the, the what is the Camino base? That's on Camino, that was in episode two. Mm-hmm. And Grand Moff Tarkin came to supervise them, and it had a whole. Oh, sorry, that, that was in the that was in the first episode. Actually, first episode, yes, the, yeah. the movie. And basically, that's what it built from. It's just them on the lamb from the Empire because the Empire is not being set up properly. And that was it. The first episode was just a lot of action, a lot of just setting up um, the the new character Omega and, and the relation, mostly with her relationship with Hunter. And then what she means because I, I really hope personally, I really hope they don't make her like some type of force user. Although that might be interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, it would, you know, her being a clone and all too, but Daniel yeah. really had to explain how that even possible. They, they can't say, oh, magic ma- midichlorians, man. I think, I mean, they, they could they could make it in the sense that, well, midichlorians is actually tech now, no? Um, maybe, right? That'll be kind of interesting in its own right, right? Like if they say you can make a, a, a midichlorian clone. And have a so that means it could actually control the force in that genetic way, you know, that, that right. or, be, or some kind of equivalent or something, right? You know? Right, something yeah. to actually like it's, it's, it's a force user, and the character wouldn't be a Jedi, but it's a force user in some way, shape, or form. You're not sure, right? Most likely, they're gonna go there because it's Star Wars, right? They, they, can't, they can't make this character interesting in any other way. And she seemed to be doing stuff that's force sensitive stuff throughout the show, like she she could, like, yeah, here make statements that she couldn't know ahead of time, and this kind of thing, and she's making all these weird intuitive decisions that she could fire a blaster. You know, yeah, you know, yeah. But little things like that. So it's mm. like they're hinting at she, she more than she is, right? And she, apparently she might have the ability to read minds and not really read minds, but read emotions as well or something like that. And so on and so forth, right? And that is what it's set up. The second episode was just them meeting another older clone. I think this was also from, from Clone Wars. It's another character who kind of go off and have a family on his own. And basically the Empire kind of catch up with them. And they have a whole thing with that. And they had to escape. And it's just, it's just them setting up more Hunter and, and, and Omega's relationship. And that's it. It's just these characters bouncing off each other. It's reasonably decent. I thought it was solid storytelling. Uh, mm. because, because I'm not a Star Wars fan, I'm not super excited over it. Um, but it was fine. I, I don't have any major issues with it as it is. I watched it out. It kept my attention. And I, I, I dug it for what it was. Yeah, same same here too. What what I would appreciate this compared to the first season of um, Clone Wars, remember that that's all I saw, right? That and right. the movie itself is that they stopped to actually let the story breathe and play out. You know what I mean? Like right. I felt like with even with the you know the first season of of Clone Wars, it was just probably a couple of minutes of dialogue or, or a minute for the lease and then we have to jump into the war stuff and the action stuff. Right. Here they they give enough time for you to understand what's going on. Uh, I actually got chills when I hear the execute order 66 thing and props for actually using Ian McDermott's lines from um, Revenge of Sith, you know what I mean? Right, right, Especially right. With, the, with the whole First Galactic Empire thing. I was like, okay, okay, I, I like that, I like that, I like that. But I do like it, it puts your smack dab into that really dark moment, right? And yeah, just showing from the perspective of, you know, these, these clue troopers, you know, 
to me, it feels like one of those ideas that maybe George had in his head, George Lucas had in his head, had his, or, or probably um, Dave Filoni had in his head, had, it, had in their heads basically for years, but they're just trying to figure out when's the best time to really put it out now. That right. is, okay, um, Order 66 executed, you know, all, all, the, all the clone troopers, you know, do, do their thing and wipe out the Jedis. But what if there was just like a select few who just, you know, didn't yeah that, you know, it, it feels like one of those ideas that was just there for like years and just like mm-hmm. okay when's the best time to put this out and now we finally get it here now, you know yeah like yeah. one of those fan theories kind of you know right oh yeah this is this is this is but this is where dave ship dave Filoni shines right um you know it's it's just built and they, they do replicate i would argue they're probably just kind of replicating you know the what the extended universe people did which is having to make sense of the incompleteness of, of the star wars universe right you get to see things from another perspective, much like how the end of Clone Wars was, which was actually pretty well done. Um, you know, you get to see the entire story from another perspective, and it works quite well for what it is. And yeah, that's pretty much it. It's it, it is just them, them, them telling another interesting story, and it's an interesting story for what it is. The Bad Batch is an interesting, but it's pretty cool. The little yeah, formula, it's a little formula because you mentioned Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I was thinking of that. That that is the comparison. Um, but it's it's good execution of the formula, right? I can't be mad at any of it. It's clearly for a younger crowd, and that's fine by me. I, I don't really have any issue with any of that. Um, so that's it. I don't have any anything to think about or, or mention going forward as it is. It's just 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 well done. I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I, I'd agree. It is it is very very well done though. Um, I was really totally impressed by the um, by the storytelling here. You know, what I mean compared to what I saw before, right? Um, of course, sound design is is fantastic. Like one thing you could always count on as far as Star Wars property, like media, is great sound design. Like everything sounds legit, like cinematic. I love that, right? Yeah. Even right now to the music, um, the same composer, I think it's Kevin Kinner, whatever his name is, um, yeah. who who scored um Clone Wars. Um, yeah, right. he he comes through. But what a decent enough um you know score here. You know what I mean, um, the animation here looks great. Um. Really top notch, I would say. Still, the little wooden looking character right. stuff thing, but you know, I guess that's just what we're going for here. Uh, I was making a joke like how, um, like how, um, the, the Clone Wars movie and the first, well, to, up to a point with the first season kind of felt like you know, cut scenes from a video game basically to see yeah. how the characters look and move now, um, especially when they run off, right? But yeah. here it feels like legit the video game that you're playing, you know what I mean? That right. no cut scenes or nothing like that. They could tell that time has passed, the, the you know, the you know, they, they, they get some. You know the the animation stuff has been has been improved like um, greatly in my opinion. Right. Um, the, the the voice acting is superb. Again, D. Bradley Baker is a goddamn legend right now, Dred. Yeah. I don't know how or you know the decision for him to sign up and say, "Hey, I'm gonna be voicing pretty much every clone trooper in this entire series." But yeah. Here, R. I. R. I. P. To this guy's truth. Huh? Yeah, boy. My God. In this case, he has to play. Over five people, because it's not just the Bad Batch itself, right? But he has to play other clones as well. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. wow, boy. And there's, like, dimension to the voices as well, too. Oh, Even, no. um, well, okay, so the, the, the tough guy in all of this, you know, you have to have a tough guy, is Rekka, right? right? Yes, he is the comic relief, and sometimes he's dropped some goofy lines and all that. You know, he has to be tough, man. You know, he wants to fight. Because he's Wrecker, right? But even the voice that he that D does for him, I thought was great. Um, Hunter, who really clearly is fashioned by model, sorry, by by Rambo. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I love like you know he has the 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 typical 
clone voice. You know, if you remember characters like um, Captain Rexon, you know, like yeah. the major clone characters from the series itself. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a nice little deviation from from what we got here, but you could tell it's uh, model from that. But yeah, boy, D is a hero in my opinion. But I don't know how that guy does it, but yeah, great, right? And the other characters, even right now, to the the woman who voices Omega, um, Michelle Ang, that's her name, um, who is from New Zealand, which actually yeah. would explain the accent. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was great. Um, I didn't pick up on the, the other uh, voice actors in it as well, but I know we'll have, well, hopefully hear some more, um, you know, more celeb, you know, celeb voices and stuff like that, though. Uh, I was surprised to, to hear the narrator, um, Tom Keane, return, you know what I mean? Like, the Senate is in danger, and, you know, yeah. the forces are attacking, you know what I mean? I like that they, they, they keep in with the, the, the Clone War stuff. Like, it's not going to be, you know, um, crawling texts and all that kind of stuff. We're going to make it feel like you're watching some World War II, um, you know, broadcasts or something like that, right? So it works there. And as far as the storytelling goes and where it's um, going, I, I like that they're taking the time here. We're getting 16 episodes here, so, you know, we, we, we only got two so far. Um, but while I'm not like overly excited to see what happens next, um, we will for sure, uh, well, I will for sure definitely, um, yeah, you know, review the, the whole season one, once it wraps up. I can't say at the moment if I'm going to watch all the other seasons of Clone Wars before jumping back into this, but I don't think I need to do, but here's the thing before, before we, we wrap up, I'm a little worried though that they're going to do certain callbacks to that show and I'll probably understand way more, even if they hinted, even if they suggested um, that that I have to watch a series or the you know the clue was to, to understand it. You know what I mean? Like right. oh, you know the character progression here and all that kind of stuff. And oh, it would make much more sense if you watch the the, the clone wars, right? And I think that to me will be you know the, the issue going forward now for um, for non Star Trek. Um, sorry, Star Trek. Oops. Uh, yeah, for non Star Wars fans, or so I should say. Right. People who are not versed in all things Star Wars. Like, do I now really have to watch six more seasons of Clone Wars just to get this show? I don't think so, but I have a feeling yeah, that yeah. they will do these callbacks. You know what I mean? So, whatever. Um, but yeah, for what's worth, yeah, these two episodes were, were, were solid, man. I, I enjoyed them for, for what they were. Um, I do hope that, you know, we, we do get a great series out of this. Um, you know, because Disney Plus putting all the hits, man. You know what I mean? And I want this to be a hit as well, not just. Yeah, it's a, a normal Star Wars show that Star Wars fans can enjoy and, you know, you might like it too, you know. I want this thing to be great, but I like that it's taking this time and, you know, it's slowly building up and I hope that it does build to something great, you know what I mean? Um, good, at least, if not great. Yeah, yeah no, I agree with you. Um, nothing nothing worth you know, thinking, talking about, really. I, I dug it for it was, um, I can't be mad at any of it. Yeah, it was just solid. Yeah, indeed, indeed, indeed. Last but not least, Jupiter's legacy. Right. Now, um, we well, we we, we talked before we, we, earlier before we met up online. Um, I asked you if you if you uh, read the comics for this, and you said no. Um, you also told me that you did not see, you didn't watch the first season, you didn't watch this um this season oh, I don't at all. This. I don't watch this. No, I yeah. couldn't find it. <laughs> oh, okay, 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 okay. Um. Well, I'll I'll explain why 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 I asked if you saw it or not, right? Um, okay, well, I might as well kick start off one time, right? So, see, yeah, I saw it, right? Um, the reception it has been getting thus far, it's mixed at the moment. 
Right. But here's the thing. I could understand why it's receiving that. And that's because I actually read the comics literally a day or two before jumping into the show here. Uh, reason me and just to kick things off is because, you know, I was, um, you know, we, 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 we reviewed Invincible season one last week. We thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I loved it. Um, but, you know, there'll be the people who will say, well, the comics were better. The comics explain Omni-Man's purpose, blah, 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 blah. Right. Right. So I just wanted to be that guy to say, you know what? Well, before jumping into this new show that I kind of glimpse at the trailer at, let me, let me do a little research. Let me do a little homework and actually read the book and see where it is, right? So it's based off of a graphic novel, um, actually, uh, series, basically, uh, written, by, um, written by Mark Miller. And, well, sorry, well, it's actually created by the two of them, but he wrote it. And Frank Quam Quitely, who actually did the artwork for, um, what's the thing by, um, oh gosh, oh gosh, oh gosh, All-Star Superman. So yeah, they, they joined forces and, and made this, this book here, right? Uh, there were two volumes of it. So um, I actually ran, ran through all two volumes. And there's actually a spin off of it where, um, which focus on the, 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 the well, the older characters involved in the show here, right? Um, and I could tell that they actually draw a lot from that spin-off, right? Um, in terms of, you know, the, the backstory that we get here with this, right? Um, but before we get to the series itself, the, the comic itself, um, I would say this right off the bat. It's not the most perfectly told comic book. Um, it's not the most perfectly drawn comic, too. And, you know, some of the stuff that they, they do here, you know, the whole superhero deconstruction, you know, like if, you, if you're used to those kind of things, it wouldn't come off as, you know, groundbreaking or anything like that. But um, I, I I actually really dug this comic, too. Like, I was shocked at where they went with it, right? Um, I, I don't want I don't want any moment to compare it to Invincible, but it yeah. kind of goes into Invincible territory at, at some points, too. But what I, what I really dug about it is the idea of legacy, where you right. know, it's these old characters, and now their, their, their progeny have powers as well, but they don't want to do the same thing that their parents do, you know what I mean? Because they just have different beliefs, right? And whatnot, right? I just like that. Like, no, it's not anything new. It's, it's, it's a part of, you know, you know, just the culture. That's a part of superhero culture, right? But how they do it here was, was really, really cool. And, um, yeah, just how they explode it as well. But why I keep bringing up the, the comic here now is the strength of this show here is how they were able to take how they were able to pretty much flesh out and expand on the world of the comics, right? Because admittedly, the comics pretty much move quickly. And I understand why, because it's a medium and you just can't spend a whole bunch of pages setting things up, which they do at some points, right? But you have to tell a story, you have to get to the, to the meat of things, right? But here with the show now, you give so much, you, you get way more um, time now in terms of understanding the characters and the motivations and all that kind of stuff. And I, I, I have to praise them for that. I have to commend them for that. Here's the problem now. It's in a medium now where people are sitting down and pretty much, like I did, binging the show out, watching the show out for, for six hours straight, which I did, right, for its eight-episode run. And for some people, they're just going to watch all this character development and backstory and all that kind of stuff and find it dull, find it boring, find yeah. it just you know just going on with no point or no rhyme or reason but again i i understand why right but i'll i'll, I'll get to that in a bit so what it's about it centers on well in, in the world of jupiter's legacy right 
the world's first superheroes, right? Um, it's these six individuals, they call themselves the Union. Um, the, the head of it is um, this guy called Sheldon Samson, who, a.k.a. the Utopian, right? Who is played by Josh Duhamel, actually, uh, who okay. I, I haven't been following in quite some time. Yeah. Uh, I think the last time I saw him was, dude, what, what, which Transformers movie it was? Was it? Uh, right. yeah, yeah. Well, I think it was the last one, the one that I hated and called yeah. the, the worst movie of the decade, right? Yeah. yeah. But Right. Um, his brother, Walter Sampson, his, um, his alias is Brainwave. He's played by Ben Daniels. Um, Leslie Bibb um, plays um, Sheldon's wife, Grace, right? She is Lady Liberty. And you have two, sorry, you have three other characters as well. Um, but the one that they focus on the most is the character of um, George, right? Um, who becomes Sky Fox. And later on in their career as, you know, just members of the union, he is, I think, technically the first one to leave the group. And he becomes a supervillain as a result of that, right? Um, and to touch on that, though, the reason being is because... Again, not new, but this is what they, they touch on in the series here. Um, Sheldon is, you know, well, okay, so quick backstory. This, all this stuff with them receiving their powers took place in the 30s, right? Um, you, you get much detail into, to, in terms of uh, what went down, why Sheldon is, why he believes the thing he believes, right? But it all boils down to the Great Depression, right? And how times were, right? His father right. dies. And he just feels like he he needs to pick the country back up. You know what I mean? He needs to do whatever he can to to save the country, basically, right? From all this financial ruin, right? And through some circumstances, he sees these visions um, about this island that he needs to go to. And unlike the comic, it goes even more into detail showing how he actually gets on that on a boat with um you know with, with Greece and his brother and George and all and the two other characters. And they basically head down to the island and there they are greeted with alien technology that grants them these um these superpowers, right? And then they come back and, you know, pretty much help stay the course of American history uh, from the thirties onward, right? Right. But where the, the show really begins now is in present day, right? Um both well, Sheldon, Grace, who are married now, they have two. They have two children. Uh, the first being Brandon, aka the Paragon, and Chloe, who does not have a, a alias as yet. But that is because mainly she does not want to be a superhero, right? She, 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 she is a celebrity, and she's just a celebrity because she is the daughter of you know the the two most powerful superheroes ever, right? But she just couldn't care less about being a superhero. Uh, she's a drug addict, uh, drug addict, sorry, and. You know, even though she's seen her friends pretty much trying to sign up to, to be part of the union, um, she just doesn't care. I mean, she, she does modeling. That's really where she makes her bread and butter. But other than that, she just doesn't care, right? Brandon, on the other hand, who plays Paragon, he is pretty much trying to, you know, on the verge of filling the shoes of his dad, right? Because, you know, his dad is old by now. So the whole idea is that eventually when he, die, when he dies now, he will become the, the new utopian. And there's like a great little subplot where um, where his father is like kind of doubted if, he, if he's able to do it at all, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? You're getting beat down and you don't have the, the grit that you need to do this stuff, right? But the thing that they really touch it on here with the show is the idea that um, Sheldon, aka the Utopian, um, does not want to kill at all. He he feels that all heroes must just kind of do whatever they can to set a, a proper example to the rest of the world. 
and that includes not killing people, uh, even if it's the the hardest supervillain. We're not gonna kill him. And right. in a great scene, a great fight scene, which is pulled from the comic. Uh, well, they actually change it from the comic. That's all I'll say. Uh, Brandon is the one who ends up killing this this character, right? And it's like, wow, you know what I mean? Like, how can my son do this all that kind of stuff? And you can see the doubt in Brandon's mind because he's he's all thinking, well, no, I need to do this because my friends got killed, right? But Sheldon's like, no, 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 you're not supposed to do this, right? So what the rest of these stuff is in a nutshell, it involves that 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 supervillain who was killed. Cause um there's a little reveal that actually it's a clone, right? Cause the real supervillain, that that character who died, is in this prison, this special prison for supervillains called the Supermax, right? And it's this big plot involving I don't want to say what it is, but you know, the whole question is, you know, why why was there a clone in the first place? What's the real purpose? And it just kind of brings Sheldon and Walter's, you know, ideologies clashing basically, right? Because yeah, Walter's the type of person who's like, well, no, you know what I mean? Your your ideology is, is old, is archaic, you know what I mean? We need to move on. Even his wife and all the same, the same thing. Like, you know, you, you, you know, like we, we we and it it's even worse now because the younger generation who's coming in as a union, they they kind of feel the need to to kind of um, you know, not go as hard as they should, you know what I mean? Not kill because our boss see not we're not supposed to do that. But Car people are getting killed, right? And even people in the union getting killed because of this old ideology. You know what I mean? So it's it's that. But they they keep kind of comparing it now to um, Sheldon's experiences back in the thirties um, when he actually before he even got the powers in the first place. And I'll stop here, right? So just to get the great out of the way, though, I thought that the um, I thought you know for the most part the, the acting was solid throughout, though. Um, Josh Duhamel, I, I did not expect that he would be this convincing as both a young and old Sheldon, though, but they pull that off very well. And I only learned like after the fact that they do some de-aging actually, because I was watching the face and I was like, oh boy, like either that's some great ass makeup or it's some de-aging that they do in Dread. But I was convinced throughout Dread, like, yeah, just these characters that you see in the 30s period. Yeah, I like uh, the way how they would look like in the 30s basically. <clears throat> And also, um, the way how he looks as an as an old superhero worked as well. Yes, is a white beard and a white, you know, wig and all that kind of stuff. But the Mount Rocket, I, I was convinced. And, you know, it, it looked really good. Um, the, the actor who plays um, Walter, right? Um, ben Daniels. Yeah, I felt that he looked the part very well. And I, I really, really dug that. Um, also, um, Leslie Bibb. I thought that she was she was great as well as, you know, Lady Liberty. You know, she, she is the... You know the, the the wife to you know to to Sheldon and pretty much kind of tell them, yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's this belief. Well, uh, actually, I should say I keep saying ideology. He calls it the code, basically, right? It's this code that's pretty much getting superheroes killed, and you know it, we just don't have a need for it. If we have to go this far to ensure that the world is saved, or you know our our superhero brethren survive, let's do it. Like why hold back? Why hold back on our powers, basically, right? So I like her role in this, right? Um, as for the kids themselves, uh, Chloe, who is played by Alina um, Camporis, right? If I got the name wrong, forgive me. Um, I thought that she was quite convincing as Chloe, right? She is this drug addict, and yes, you know, you have the moments where you know the you know just the characters get kind of wasting away, just um, you know, just not doing what they're supposed to be doing. But they have, well, similar to the comic, uh, a great subplot involving um, Sky Fox's son. 
who has this really cool power um, where basically he has a device called a power rod, right? So in the comic, it's a literal flashlight. It's like a, a modified flashlight, basically, right? But in the comic, basically, what it is is that you shine the light and once you see where, like, let's just say you want to, you, you, you see China. If you shine it on yourself, you, you are teleported there. If you shine it on somebody else, like, say, a bad guy, it takes them to that place, right? Um, but here, they, they actually make the, the power rod look really, really dope, though. And just seeing the, the teleportation stuff play out, though, I thought was fantastic, in my opinion. I, I really doubt that. It's actually mm-hmm. one of my favorite characters in this. Uh, if I have one gripe, though, is that I felt they could have done more with uh, Brandon. Because in the comic itself, he has a much bigger role to play in all of this. Uh, a much bigger role. But here, it just he just to the sidelines. He just kind of doubts on himself and all that kind of stuff. And I see where the show going for in terms of the, the inner conflict. But I felt we could have gotten more of him. It's the, this literal moment where he's hardly in the, the show at all. So acting is, is solid. I thought that the, the costume design was pretty good as well. You know what I mean? There's just some great costume design. Um, the, the visual effects. It's, thankfully, it's not CW level, so that's great. Right. But in no way is this uh, MCU type, you know, we, we don't work with an MCU type budget, right? Um, and it shows, right? Because, yes, even in the fight that I mentioned before, you could tell, you know, green screen shit and, you know, they're not, you know, you, 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 could, you could tell, right? Yeah, I, I, I don't know how to describe it, but, you know, there's like a sort of a sort of an artificiality to what you're seeing, you know, maybe yeah. it's the... The color scheme, the you know, the color correction yeah. that they use. Yeah, yeah. You could kinda look at it and be like, Yeah, yeah. I, I, I I'm not a hundred percent buying into what I'm seeing here. I, it looks a little fantastical, but I can let that slide though because it's budget, right? But they put a lot of effort into at least making the visuals look great, in my opinion. And not just the the CG heavy stuff, but just everything else. And this is a very, very slick very, very well shot looking um Serious, I would say, right? Um, and I would say, just before I get to my, to my negatives, <clears throat> is that I honestly thought that storytelling-wise, though, and character development-wise, this is... I thought that the show kneels it, compared to the comics. Yeah. I thought that just character de- um, development, you understood uh, where everybody... Well, sorry, where the major characters, with the exception of Brandon, coming from um i want to say with the exception of brandon it's just that because we didn't get enough of brandon in it in my opinion but you got totally where sheldon was coming from when you see you've seen his journey play out in terms of him getting his powers um i thought was well handled well convincing and all that kind of stuff and yeah you could understand why he would end up being this shell of a character who just pretty much on autopilot just repeated the same stuff and you you could kind of understand why his kids don't care about him really especially Chloe. You could you could totally understand it, right? And I love his uh how they compare him to his brother Walter, how they compare to his friend George and you know just seeing the the differences in character and all that kind of stuff. I really really dug that that this is where the show excels in my opinion. But for me, though, I have to say that the biggest strength, the, the strengths that I mentioned there, right, the, the storytelling, the, the character development, and yes, the will building to, to a point, to a point, um, are also the show's weaknesses. Uh, because, as I stated before, it's the medium that the show is being presented at, right? It's a Netflix show, right? People are going to sit down, they're going to watch this thing for, you know, 
six hours or whatnot, right? Like I did. But because I went in knowing what to look for, I was like, okay, they, you know, it's it's not going exactly how the book is, but I like the fact that they make this call. I like the fact they make that call. I like the fact that they expand on this, right? So case in point, without spoiling anything, I just felt like the whole island stuff um, in the comics, they just run through quickly because it was just like this montage. We just had to tell you, oh, well, circumstances led us to this island. And literally, it was just Sheldon just having visions. That was it. But at least here, you understood why he had the visions in the first place, right? And it was just all this just to jump into the real to the story, right? Um, but here, though, it really does drag. And I feel it'll be even worse if you go in blind, not knowing anything about the world of Jupiter's legacy or the characters or anything like that. I yeah. imagine people watch this and just be bored. Um, and I think the reason, real reason why, though, unfortunately, is that they spend a lot of time on the 30s. In the 30s, sorry. It takes up about five eighths of the entire season's runtime, though. Like, I wouldn't even say three quarters. I would say five eighths. It takes up that amount. And I totally understand why it's there. It's character development. It's understanding why the characters are who they are and all that kind of stuff. And it's very well done. But it just takes up so much time in this show. And this might be something that will annoy, you know, um, viewers. I know it probably will annoy you. It's one of those shows where after a scene in the present, they will cut to the past. And then a scene to the present, then the past. And they will just keep doing that. Um, I would say, like, nearing the end of the season, it does that to a certain degree. And I was just like, all right, there's always, like, all they don't care about the present stuff, you know what I mean? But the problem is, is that the, the present stuff doesn't feel as, you know, you don't feel the urgency in the present stuff as, as, as opposed to the past stuff, right? Because the past stuff, you know, there, there's a mission, there's a journey, it's getting to the island. You, you know this is going to end with them getting the powers and the union being formed. But here, though, with the present stuff, I felt that there wasn't really any sense of urgency, wasn't really any real tension to it. It was just, we need to understand why there's a clone of this bad guy who's in prison. Yeah. And then they kind of reveal it, but it's not, because, all right, slight spoiler, that, that whole fight is just something that just kind of happens quickly over, like, three pages. It, the, the character who is involved doesn't really have anything to do with the overall story, but they make him the bad guy here because he kind of needed a villain. But really and truly, it's just a setup. Oh, this character is really the villain. And I felt they could have just done that a lot better instead of just making this random, you know, character, you know, the big threat, basically. And it wasn't really. It wasn't really him, you know. It, it just kind of felt like, oh, it's just a mystery trying to solve what's going on. And when it happens, it's like, well, cool, give him more. But by the time, that's when the season ends, you know what I mean? So, yeah, that was that was a, that was a, that, that was the ball being dropped in terms of the storytelling there. Um, but, you know, like, because the present stuff is really what matters. Eh? It's really what the, the heart of the show is about. But because they spent so little time with it and because they didn't really have, like, a proper payoff, basically. You know what I mean? Like, the setup was fine, but the payoff just wasn't worth it for me. And here's the thing, right? So before I get to reading, um, I could kind of understand why it's this way, right? So without spoiling the comics for you guys, I really urge you guys to, to check it out at least, right? What I'm seeing here is roughly, right, so there's two volumes of the book, of the series, right? I feel like I was expecting this thing to be, to stop at the halfway point, right? Because it's a very, very huge moment in that halfway point that I thought the show was going to show. But they didn't do that, actually. So clearly they're going to leave this up, hopefully, for the next season. 
but I can kind of understand why they didn't put it in here, right? Because, you know, and this is the problem with Netflix because we, we saw this um, with the show that I wanted to see, but, you know, didn't get around to seeing it. Um, uh, you're probably familiar with it. I think it's called The Irregulars. That's the Sherlock Holmes thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, quite well, like recently, like this week, the, the uh, last week, sorry, they announced that um, it's it, it got cancelled. Like the show right. literally dropped a month ago and boom, it got cancelled, right? So I have a feeling that they didn't want to drop that moment at the very end of the season here for fear of cancellation. So you just want to give the audience enough so yeah, at least y'all can come and say, at least they can come and say, well, you know, we kind of have to continue the story here, you know? can't just stop it here as a sorry netflix but we have to continue the story but the fear i have now is it could still get cancelled you know because of the reception of this beginning but i would say yes folks this needs a second season but i feel like the second season that's when the moment will drop but i felt that they could have done it here because really that is that is the kickoff point for the real story itself and here we just got a teaser with this is just it really feels like the introduction so um, roughly, this is like about two issues that we get here spread out, but is the third issue where the literal thing happens, and I felt we could have gotten that here. But I feel that like they're trying to expand things out evenly, kind of to four seasons. Like, hopefully, you'll get three more, and then the full story will play out now. But I just have this fear because again, we we talking about Netflix. You see how they act shows like um. Like Luke Cage, like like all the the MC stuff, right? Sorry, the Marvel comic stuff, right? right? You know, from 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 Iron Fist all the way down to Jessica Jones, all of them gone. You know what I mean? Um, Iron Fist gave me, you know, he had a great season with season two. Then it got axed. We got a great season with 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 Daredevil, probably the best season ever. And then it got axed. And speaking of that, um, showrunner for that show, um, Stephen the Knight, he he worked on this show as well, right? So. You could tell he had to bring in his um, Netflix experience into the show. So that's why things feel so stretched out, right? But yeah, um, I feel that all this trying to cater to Netflix and trying not to get cancelled stuff is to the detriment of the story itself. Because, yeah, there's so much that goes on in this series, the comic book series. And this show, this season here was close to, but it was close to, but it didn't even scratch the surface, unfortunately. But this, just getting to read it here, is a show that I'm going to defend. Um, I would say, though, it is a show that I would recommend to superhero TV fans and to fans of the comics itself. And just to people who just curious um, of it, right? But I would say for those who just kind of want to have a bunch of action scenes and all that kind of stuff, you'll be very, very, very disappointed uh, with this one. Yeah. I do like the storytelling in this. I think the storytelling is what makes the show work. The character design, or uh, sorry, character development works as well too. Those are the two greatest advantages this show has over its source material, and that's seen a lot, right? But unlike the source material, it takes a long while to get to the point, right? Which I felt they could have done here, but I felt it's just for fear of cancellation or just, you know, because you want to make this big, you know, this long series now, but I think it's just the, you know, just the times that we're in where, yes, you want to tell your story, but at the same time, you know, it's not just about cancellation. It's about the, the, the viewers who have to sit down and invest their time into this story, into this world that you're building here. Yes, it's cool that you, you put a lot of effort into it, but still, yeah, that kind of entertaining fans. Right? With something like superhero, you know, TV, 
yeah, yeah, you have to give us the goods, man. And you know, the comics have so much good in it and good story. We could have gotten just more of it in this series here. So as a whole, not a terrible way to kick things off. I would say it is probably the most ambitious um, superhero show you will see um, in a long while, actually. And I do recommend um, checking it out. But I know for some, they will just get turned off by the pace of it, um, the length of it, just kind of looking at the watch, wondering when things are going to happen, right? And I don't know how I would have felt about it if I didn't read the comics for it, but because I did, that's why I kind of have a soft spot for this season here, and I'll defend it. But it has, it is a promising season, I'll give it that. And there's so much more that can be expanded in the second season. They do leave a lot open, and I'm, I'm actually like quite excited to see where they go next. So, um, written wise, I'm gonna give this a stroke trade after light four, man. I do recommend checking it out. Um, it's very well made, very well told, uh, very well acted. I would say, um, you know, for a live action show. Um, but and I would say just coming off of Invincible, don't go in expecting Invincible. But the moment could have been there, and it would have rivaled Invincible in my opinion. And then we could have got people talking about it, and then you could have got that second season just instantly. You know what I mean? Like I, I felt that was. That was a moment they could have capitalized on, but no, we kind of have to stretch things out. But I felt again, it's fear of cancellation. But I don't yeah. know where the future of this show will go, but I do want it to tell its story. Um, even if they have one more season again before they get that axe, they, they really do have to kind of tell that story quickly. But and you know, it's, it's just one of those things. I mean, we could probably talk about that in another review, but um, where. You know, you take it source material, you know you want to do it justice by telling it as long as, as you could. But, you know, in the medium of, you know, uh, you know, medium cons- media consumption, sorry, it kind of run into this whole trap of, all right, well, we have to stretch things out because, you know, things need to be episodic. But at the same time, it's like, well, yeah, but what are we actually going to get to this stuff that people want to see, man? You know what I mean? So it's that kind of balancing act that I fear the show will have to deal with, but... Yeah, I mean, for what's worth, I think it's solid. I, I will defend it. But yeah, second season, I, I do want it to be a reality. And yeah, things really do need to pick up here. But I would say don't, don't really buy into what the critics are seeing. Especially like if you go on Rotten Tomatoes. You might, I think right now it has like a, a 46 or 50 or something like that. You know what I mean? And yeah, I mean, people will, will you know, kind of see that it's not good because it's it runs too long and blah, 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 blah. But there's a lot of promise in this show here. And I would say for the most part, yeah, check it out just, just for that. Because there's a lot of good in this. So, yeah, I would say check it out. Just don't have don't have expectations too high for this one. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, with all that being said, uh, Ricardo, where can we find you online? Uh, RMADDY. That is at RMADDY on Twitter, at RMADDY on Twitch, and then Ricardo Medina on Facebook. All right. You could find me at BearBeatBailey on, on, on Twitter, sorry. On Instagram, you could find me at BearBeatsBailey. On Facebook, just look for my name, Matthew Bailey, along with the Legally Black blog, official fan base, where you find links to this podcast, as well as the ones that we've done over the past six seasons, including retrospective reviews. And before I forget, I have finally, finally made it to Spotify. Yes, Spotify, welcome me. Yes, my podcast is now available on Spotify. So, yeah, I mean, Spotify works down here. If you have it, just do a search type for BSB to Bailey, and you'll find all the episodes, man. So, listen away. Have fun, support a brother, support support two brothers, you know what I mean? So yeah. Uh, so stuff to look forward to before we part ways. Uh final season of Castlevania. We get that this week. Right. Uh Love Death and Robot season two. We get that this week as well. 
right, uh, right. those wish me dead we get that this week as well you know what I mean uh, week afterwards we're supposed to be getting uh, well we forgot to mention this with the uh, Shang-Chi and uh, Falcon with the Soldier reviews uh, Modok season 1 right uh, yeah, I heard yeah, about yeah. this but I don't know I don't give it a chance yeah, I, I did not watch the trailer of it, but I was surprised to, to see the name Patton Oswald, Oswald sorry, um, Stephanie, Stephanie uh, Beatrix is in it as well too. It's like, hey, you know my girl Rosa from, from um, yeah. Brooklyn Nine-Nine is in it as well. And I just, you know, it, it looks exactly what it is, just a humorous take on, um, you know, the, the, the MCU. I feel it will be like a sort of a space coast, coast to coast kind of vibe right. going. Right. I, I, I feel that what we get here, sort of like a slightly adultish swim kind of take on the MCU. So really can't wait for that. Um also Army of the Dead, you know what I mean Zack Snyder's, you know, film, right? Okay. And um, also forgot to mention to the Underground Real uh, Railroad, sorry. Supposed to get that uh, from we boy Barry Jenkins supposed to get that um later on this this month. Um not too excited for it. Uh, actually didn't want right. didn't watch the trailer because I didn't want it to be spoiled. But you know it's we boy Barry Jenkins so you'll check it out. Um, and last but not least, you know, well, you know, there's Cruella. We mentioned that, and how we felt, uh, but Master of None, um, season three, that that's coming up this this month as well. So really excited to see that. Really curious to see the directions going, especially having um Lena Wait um be the main lead now. You know what I mean? So really curious to see what they do here. So yeah, um, quite a number of stuff to take in. You know, during this month, during this um this uh lockdown basically and you know it's just a matter of just you know just holding out we just do what we can man just entertaining ourselves anyway and yeah that's pretty much about it so once again guys good morning good afternoon good evening good night whenever this is this was Machi Bailey and Ricardo Medina and we are signing off for another episode of Bears Beats and Bailey so until the next one take care stay safe in and out peace